Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Yo, what is popping? Excitement in the air, man. Fourth quarter, here we are, John. Sure. I'm stoked. I know, I can tell you I am really excited. It's fun doing these in the morning. It feels like a real radio show, like the Pat McAfee or some shit. Wouldn't that be fun? What? If someone's tuned in right now who ha- who knows someone who knows someone, Yeah. we're going to put it out in the universe because this is how John Coleman rolls. Mm-hmm. We would love to do this show for three hours a day I every single day. I think you would love to do the show for three hours a day every day. But, but- John, what do you love doing besides smoking weed and playing <laughs> video games? you got to love doing something. So why not come hang out with me for three hours every single morning? <laughs> Man. Wow, that was a good one. Hey, well, well placed, man. I have no rebuttals. <laughs> I, I have no rebuttal. Yeah, shit. None you answered it. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, unfortunately, until we can find John Coleman more hobbies, oh, more shit. things that excite oh. him, more things that well excite played. him. Well played. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so anyhow, what I was saying to the audience, yeah. if you know someone who knows someone, yeah. if you can get our tape in front of the oh, right the people. Tape. Oh, the yeah, tape. drop all. Oh, yeah, hey, hey, listen to my mixtape, man. Listen to my tape. Exactly. <laughs> Could you please? Yeah, just tell somebody. Yeah, let let someone know. I feel okay. like, you know, I'm Smokey Robinson back in the 1960s, just and I'm waiting. rolling into Motown trying to get somebody to hear my tape. Um, yeah, but then after that, you know what happened. Yeah, but who knows? Who knows? But no, I'm excited. It's fourth quarter. It is the morning. It's Friday morning that we're actually recording this. I know, right? Uh, representing my... Shout out first home IQ. First home IQ. Founder friend. That's the exclusive club. I am exclusive. I know. Yes. I see the look at the little, you got the little thing behind you too. Yeah. No, here's here's the deal. If you all don't know who first home IQ is, go to the website, check it out. It is a non-for-profit educational organization founded by Dave Savage. He brought in his friends, Todd and Kristen, and collectively with a group of other industry executives and industry professionals we are trying to reshape the future of our country starting with those that are 16 to 26 educating them on the basics of financial literacy right it's it's what you and i have stood for for the past four years doing this show right teaching everything they don't teach in school well they've gone a different level with it and now they've launched a website they're going to have trainings and then they're empowering local loan officers and local realtors to join them and ultimately what they're going to want to do is have local LOs and local realtors in the schools in the universities giving back and teaching from their curriculum and then ultimately we can start grooming in a positive way the future of our country educating them on the foundational principles of personal finance Ultimately, these are going to be our next clients, right? These are our next home buyers, and these are our next home uh, borrowers who are looking for financing to purchase a home. So anytime I can represent the brand, yeah, I'm going to throw on my T-shirt. We're going to record a show, and I'm going to push people. Go to the website. Check them out, right? Check out firstholmeiq.com. Housing Wire just did a phenomenal job spotlighting them in a recent article. Okay. So, yeah, so if you read Housing Wire, you probably have read the article. If you don't read Housing Wire and you're in mortgage and real estate or you support mortgage and real estate, I'm going to ask you why. Why do you not read Housing Wire? You need to. You need to. And then on display, if you're tuned in, it's on YouTube. By the way, if you're not tuned in on YouTube, do us a favor. Go to YouTube and subscribe. 
I love watching the subscribers Incessantly. pick up from 16,000 to 16.1. We're pushing for 20,000. We want 20,000 subscribers on YouTube. So for our Spotify and our Apple, we love y'all people. Thanks for listening yeah, to a we'll podcast. Create a dummy account. You're supposed to listen to podcasts. However, when Joe Rogan started letting people watch his podcast. Never heard of him. I was like, hey, we should let people watch our podcast, which is why we're on YouTube as well. So if you're on YouTube, you can see my agent classes. Okay, that's Jeff Zempfer. Jeff is going to be mm-hmm. our TLOP exclusive industry expert who's going to be teaching our TLOP members all about how they can leverage lunch and learns and educational workshops to increase their referral network. Right, he has a whole entire process, a whole system. He supplies the classes, he supplies the slides. So if you want to get ahead of us, feel free to go check out my agent classes. It is powered by Empower LO. Empower LO is a really cool CRM. Shout out to Mike McAllister. But we're gonna have Jeff on October twenty fifth. It's a Wednesday. So if you are a member of TLOPonline.com, if you're a part of the TLOP community, you already know then that you receive two coaching calls a month with me live via Zoom, group coaching, and then I bring in one industry expert and they do a one hour additional call every single month. Well, this month, October, it's gonna be Jeff Zempfer with my agent classes and he's gonna be teaching us his secrets for leveraging educational events to expand your referral network. Damn, that was a hey, round of applause. Yeah, I've done this once or twice, Damn, John. Well yeah, I've done. done this once or twice. But today's episode. Okay. Today's episode is for home buyers. Uh-oh. And for anyone who supports home ownership. Mm. Mortgage loan originators, this is for you. Real estate agents, this is for you. Parents who have adult age children who are working full time and you want to get them the hell out of their out of your house. This is for y'all. I need everyone who's willing to listen to understand. There's a massive opportunity that's going to take place over the next six months. And I am prognosticating, I am predicting this is the last time we're gonna see this happen for a minimum of three, potentially upwards of five years. You got six months to take advantage. This is the last time you're gonna see a home buyer's market, a buyer's market we call it. The title of this episode should be something along the lines of, is this the last buyer's market? or act now, buyer's market is going away. We've only really seen a buyer's market once before in the past five years. And that was last year at this time. So last year at this time, we went into a buyer's market. It lasted all of fourth quarter and most of first quarter of this year. So all of fourth quarter of last year, most of first quarter of this year. Well, here we are, we're kicking off Q4 of 2023. And I'm letting you all know, based on economic indicators, based on where we are from from a uh, societal standpoint, right? Looking at the number of homes that are being built, looking at the number of households that are being formed, looking at the direction of the economy, which is one going into a recession, uh, looking at uh, unemployment becoming greater than what it is right now, it's like rock bottom too low. It's gonna go to, it's gonna increase. Looking at all these factors, you got six months home buyers to get out there and negotiate deals. Six months and one day from now, you're gonna lose that upper hand. We're gonna be right back into a seller's market and we're gonna stay in a seller's market through all of 2024 and it's gonna get red hot in 25, 26, and 27. So if you wanna go out and negotiate a deal, 
You got six months to do it, regardless of interest rates, right? Regardless of interest rates. There's enough tools out there that talk about the cost of waiting. We don't need to do an episode on the cost of waiting. If you want to learn those tools or have access to those tools, I want to point you over to Barry Habib, MBS Highway. They have phenomenal tools. It is a membership. By the way, wink, wink, nod, nod, TLOP members. If you're a member of TLOP, you have discounts to Barry's products and Barry's uh, services based on our relationship. But as a loan originator, as a realtor, you should have tools to be able to show home buyers the cost of waiting. Just know no one wins when you wait. The only reason why you should wait is because you don't qualify or you're not ready. Well, if you don't qualify, of course you have to wait. Figure out what you have to do to get yourself qualified. If you're not ready, you should never buy a home until you are ready. But if you're ready, meaning you have solid employment, you can afford the payment, you're not planning on moving anytime in the next three to five years, you have enough money to not just get into the home, but also have a little bit left over for reserve assets. Yeah, I'm going to tell you that from October of 2023 through about March of 2024, we're going to be in a buyer's market. Now, does that mean you're going to be able to get these crazy, awesome discounts like 20% off? No, probably not, John. But are you going to be able to go in on a home that let's say it's being listed for $370,000 and offer $360,000 and get your offer accepted without potentially getting into a bidding war? Yeah, I think in many markets that's going to happen. Are you going to be able to go out and offer $370,000, but instead of just getting 370 or having to pay 375 on a home that's listed for 370, are you going to be able to offer 370, but turn around and ask the seller to contribute $12,000 towards your closing cost? At which point you may use that $12,000 to get really creative to help make that home more affordable. Maybe you do something called a two one buy down. Do you know what a two one buy down, John is? Yes. What is it? It's when you purchase, like you have an initial interest rate and then some shit happens and then you buy it on your interest rate after a certain amount of time. Yeah, that's a great explanation. I'm pretty sure for that first time home buyer that's tuned in, they're like, you know what, John, you sold me. I need to do a two one buy down. Let me just walk the audience through what it is real quick. There's some LOs that are rolling their eyes because like, oh, D.O., please do not waste my time teaching a two one buy down. Look, I'm going to waste about 90 seconds of your time. Here's how it works, John. Let's say today's market rate is 7%. Okay, but if you and your lender worked with the seller and the seller's agent, you could negotiate for the seller to contribute towards your closing cost, give a seller credit. You could then use that money to pay for a 2-1 buy-down because 2-1 buy-downs aren't free. They cost money, but you could use the seller's funds because it's a buyer's market. Sellers are willing to negotiate to then lower your interest rate from 7 to 5 for year one. And then it goes from seven to six in year two. By year three, it goes back to seven, which was your market rate. And it stays at seven for the life of the loan, right? So that's a two, one buy down. We buy the interest rate down by 2% for the first year, by 1% for the next year. That's a phenomenal strategy, especially when most experts, I'm talking NAR, National Association of Realtors. I'm talking MBA, Mortgage Bankers Association, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Zillow, Redfin are all prognosticating, predicting that mortgage interest rates by 2025 will be in the high fours, low fives. Okay, based on all the data we have, obviously there's world events and there's uh, unforeseen epidemics that could pop up and rear their ugly heads, but take away the, the unpredictable, that's where 
things are projected to be. So imagine being able to today buy that house for 370, not get into a bidding war, have the seller contribute 12 grand towards your closing costs. You then use that 12 grand to help pay for a 2-1 buy-down. And that 2-1 buy-down makes your mortgage payment $500 cheaper per month for the first 12 months. It makes it $250 per month cheaper for the next 12 months. And by the time you get through those 24 months, you're in a market where the market rate is five. You never even go to seven. You just call your favorite lender and you refinance into a new loan at 5%. These are things that you can do when you're in a buyer's market. These are things that we really couldn't do April, May, June, July, August of this year, because it, it reverted to a seller's market. And these are things that we weren't doing in 2016, in 2017, in 2018, in 2019. I mean, do I need to keep going? Like all the way through 2022, it's been that long since we've seen a buyer's market with one exception fourth quarter of last year and most of first quarter of this year. Y'all, history is going to rhyme. We're going to hear that same song for the next six months. But my question is, if you're a mortgage professional, you're a real estate professional, are you out there sharing this message to your communities, the communities that you're supposed to serve? Are you raising your hand and are you getting on your megaphone? By the way, your megaphone could be Instagram. It could be Facebook. It could be LinkedIn. It could be TikTok, or it could be literally working the local beer fest in your community and getting a tent and letting people know it's a buyer's market. This is the last buyer's market we're going to see for the next three to five years. Are you, are you going to miss out? What are you going to do to take advantage of it? Cause if you want to buy a house waiting, doesn't pay. How about some other things people could do right now? If you have sellers who are willing to negotiate, can you think of some John? <laughs> Come on, you've been doing this for four years now. Uh, I know you're a, no, a media guy. Two, two, actually, yeah, I got something for you. Hold on. Give me one second, Dustin. And by the way, as John's looking up what he wants to look up, I deleted there it. Are, um, there are two one buy downs. There's also one O buy downs. A one O buy down is essentially you buy down the interest rate by just 1% for the first year only. But then there's a three, two, one buy down. And that is just what you would think it was. You lower your interest rate by 3% in the first year, 2% in the second year, and 1% in the third year. So depending on how great of a seller credit you're able to negotiate. Oh, you stole my answer, see? You literally, you literally could go, let's say that today's market rate is seven, you could go 4% in year one, 5% mm -hmm. in year two, 6% in year three, and then years four through however long you end up keeping this mortgage is at the market rate of 7%, which is where you originally locked in. These are things that you can do when sellers are willing to negotiate. These are things that you are not willing to do when, when sellers aren't willing to negotiate. How about this? Especially for my veterans out there, because the VA home loan allows you to have up to a 4% seller concession. By the way, it's a concession. When it comes to seller paid closing cost, it's actually an unlimited dollar amount. People get that confused. They think it's, oh, maximum 4% seller contribution towards closing costs. No. It's whatever is common and customary. 4% concession would be this. I'm buying John's house for 400 grand. John lives on five acres. I may say to John, you know what, John, I'm gonna buy your house, but I want you to leave your riding lawnmower. I want you to leave your, your Mac daddy golf cart. And I want you to leave me that John boat that's sitting in the pond. You can do that on a VA loan. You can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's something that you can do as well as potentially get, get, get the person to pay money towards closing costs. 
Yeah, like these are things that you can do when you're in a buyer's market. We only have six months. That's what I'm telling people today. You got six months to be in a buyer's market. How are you gonna take advantage of it? How nice would it be over the next six months to be able, be able to go out and look at two or three houses and not be in a bidding war? Because when we fast forward to March of 2024, expect bidding wars to, to, to be a thing again and expect them to just continue because we are creating more households. We have millennials who are coming to coming of age and we are not building enough housing. I'm going to so, ask, so, an, I'm ignorant to mortgage and housing. So I'm going to ask you an easy question to tee you up for an awesome answer that we can chop up to a clip so you can throw it on LinkedIn. You ready? What's like today's interest? Like what's the interest rate right now for like mortgages? You would say, just give me a ballpark number today. Dude, can I do my best rock impress impersonation? Sure. It doesn't matter. But if it's 7%, why are you saying this is a buyer's market? Why shouldn't I just wait till like two years from now when you said when the interest rates go back down to 5% and I'll just keep renting for the next two years? Duh, checkmate. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. You know what's awesome? There's people who think that way. I know. That's why okay, I asked the question. cool. Court. So unless you're living at home with mom and dad, loser, um, you know, you're more than likely paying rent. So when you're paying rent, that landlord, that landlord has an 8% interest rate. You're paying that 8% interest rate for that landlord. But as you pay that 8% interest rate for the landlord, instead of paying the 7% rate for yourself, you're also not achieving every month you make that landlord's payment, that landlord is paying down their loan by three to $500 a month. So you're paying down the landlord's three to $500 a month, plus you're paying the landlord's 8% um, uh, interest rate. And that landlord's asset, that home, is going to appreciate by three, four, or five percent annually. So that three hundred thousand dollar property is now worth three oh nine, and the next year is worth three hundred and twenty. So when you wait one year or two years for that rate to come down to five, please know you were paying eight percent. It was just someone else's eight percent, and please know none of that money was paying down the loan, and you weren't the person who owned that asset that was appreciating. So we buy homes when we're ready. Right. When when we look at our financial picture, our employment situation and we say, yes, yep, I want to own a home. I'm comfortable with where I am in my career. I'm confident that I can cover this payment. I know I have enough money to go into the property in terms of down payment and closing costs. I can afford the annual maintenance. Yeah, that's when you buy. You don't buy because rates are three or five or seven or or even 11. No, you buy when you're ready. And rarely has there ever been a case where waiting was the best strategy. And if it was, we talk about them because they were outliers. They were like three years out of the past 30 where, oh yeah, waiting would have, would have benefited. So you buy now and you also understand that your interest rate is not a 30 year decision. Your mortgage is not a 30 year decision. It's a three, five or seven year decision. Statistically, you're gonna refinance out of the mortgage on average, every five to seven years. We're telling you right now, you're probably gonna refinance within three years. And then statistically, you're gonna sell that property in seven, in seven to nine years. So you're not even gonna own the home long enough to ever pay it off unless you pay it off quickly. At which point, before you pay your loan off quickly, I'm gonna tell you, get with your financial advisor. There could be a better use for you to, to deploy that money, whether it's at six months reserved, whether it's IRAs, 401ks, 529 college savings plans, managed accounts, whole life insurance, term life insurance. Like there's other things that we need to be doing to generate wealth throughout our lifetime. Home ownership is one and usually the major, but before you go paying off your mortgage, get with a financial advisor. If you don't have one, 
shoot me an email, shoot me a text, find me on LinkedIn, call your favorite LO and ask them for a financial advisor recommendation. But John, if you're ready to buy a house, you should buy a house. But let's talk about other ways. We talked about the buy downs, like, mm -hmm. and I use a two, one buy down cause that's the most common. There is such a thing as a one Oh, I explained it. And there's even a three, two, one buy down, mm -hmm. but here's some other things that people can, can do with utilizing seller credits. Again, you're only going to get a seller credit when it's a buyer's market. You're only gonna be able to get a seller to negotiate with you when you're one of a few people out there actually searching for homes. You don't wanna be buying when everyone else is buying. You get into bidding wars. You end up paying five, 10 grand over asking price. You end up having to buy that house versus get to look at multiple houses and choose the one that, that best suits your needs, right? Sometimes it's like, why'd you buy that house? Well, that was the only offer I could get accepted. I mean, good for you, you bought a house, but kind of sad that may have been like your third pick you didn't get to go with your second or even your first pick. So we don't have to always use seller credits. Sometimes for those types of buy downs, you can do what's called a permanent buy down. You could actually pay two or three points and have your interest rate drop from 7% all the way down to 6%. Maybe you don't want to deal with a refinance in one or two years. Maybe you're not confident mortgage rates will ever get below 6%. So maybe you're like, you know what? I am going to negotiate with the seller. I am going to ask the seller to contribute money towards my closing costs, but I don't want to do some kind of a two, one buy down. I just want to buy down my loan permanently forever and for good. All right, cool. Like you could do that. Maybe you have enough money for down payment and closing costs, but man, do you have some consumer debt you would love to get wiped out? Maybe you have 10 grand in credit card. Maybe you would love to be able to not have to use all of your money for down payment and closing costs. Maybe you'd like to use your money for down payment, seller's money for closing costs, and you're going to use the money that you originally earmarked for your closing costs. Now you can use it to pay off negative debt, or now you can use it to fund your six months reserves, or now you can use it to start an IRA. Now you can use it to start your kids 529, right? That's what I'm getting at. When it's a buyer's market, there's so much flexibility home buyers have. The, the first and foremost flexibility is just the peace of mind of not getting into a bidding war. Then it's a matter of, okay, I can negotiate. And when I negotiate, what are some things that I can do? Because you're, you're always playing with a certain set of pieces. The pieces is how much money you make, your credit score, how much money do you have? Like that's kind of the pieces you're playing with. But when sellers can negotiate, it gives you a, a, a fourth variable that you can play with. And I think that's what people have to understand that if you think you want to buy a house and you think you're ready, now's the time to get after it. If you wait, you're going to find yourself in a seller's market. So here's a couple of the things I like to do with seller credits. I love to buy out the mortgage insurance. Buy it out, all of it. Buy it out. Now you can't do this on a FHA loan and VA loans don't have monthly mortgage insurance and USDA loans have very minimal monthly fees you have to pay as a way to uh, allow the USDA to guarantee the loan to the lender. But on a conventional conforming loan, when you're not putting 20% down, you have to pay some kind of mortgage insurance. And the less money you, you put down, the higher the mortgage insurance typically is. But something that many people don't know is you don't have to pay it monthly. You can pay all, all upfront lump sum. Most people don't know that because they don't have that money to do it. But what if you didn't use your money? What if you used the seller's money. So again, you went into this negotiation because it's a buyer's market. You were able to get the seller to work with you. 
and that seller listed the home for 350 and instead of you offering 335 maybe you offered 345 but then you asked the seller to kick in 10 grand so wait a minute you're getting the home for five grand off of the asking price and they're contributing ten thousand dollars and what if you used the bulk of that 10 grand probably not all of it by the way right if you got 10 grand you may only have to use five or six grand to buy out your mortgage insurance that would still leave four or five grand to cover other closing costs title company fees state fees lender fees first year homeowners insurance right that's all that type of money that you could use the seller's credit to cover for you but what if you bought out your mortgage insurance oh wait a minute well on a three hundred thirty five thousand dollar loan that mortgage insurance could have easily been 150 to 250 dollars a month you now don't have to pay that you just made home ownership more affordable you just helped yourself qualify for more home think think about that $150 a month is about 20 grand in purchase price. So if you're only qualified for 350 because you and your lender were anticipating you putting three to 5% down plus having to carry your own closing cost and it achieved a payment of X and that payment included not just principal and interest taxes, insurance, but it also included monthly PMI. What if you found a home for 370, you otherwise wouldn't have qualified because that extra 20, $20,000 in purchase price added 150 a month to your payment and 150 a month for your payment either didn't make you feel comfortable or your lender couldn't approve you that for that much of a payment. What if at 370, you negotiated seller to contribute towards your closing costs, you use that seller credit for maybe buying out your mortgage insurance. Now all of a sudden the payments 150 a month or 200 bucks a month cheaper. Now you qualify and you're able to buy a slightly more expensive home and maybe that slightly more expensive home got you the home that's in the cul-de-sac, not the home that's on the busy road. Or it got you the home with the three-car garage, not the two-car garage, right? It got you the home that has the, the, the loft over the garage versus no loft. The home with the pool versus the home without the pool. Like that's typically what $20,000 in purchase price would do. These are all things that home buyers can do, especially if you have a great lender in your back pocket, right? Like a lender that, that subscribes and believes in the things that Dave Savage at Mortgage Coach teaches or the group over at First Home IQ is preaching. Like you're a true advisor to your client. These are things that you can do. And realtors, this is every reason why you need to partner with a great lender because a great lender thinks this way. And then collectively, collectively you, the realtor, and your great lender should be in unison as a team, as true partners, getting this type of messaging out to your community. You have people right now that are sitting on the fences and they're waiting. We all know waiting doesn't pay. We have people out there that don't recognize and understand that it's been a bull run of a seller's market. And it's going to be another bull run of a seller's market. But we have about a six month window, a six month reprieve where things are going to slow down. It's going to get wintry. And this is the time for a home buyer to get aggressive and take advantage because it's going to disappear the blink of an eye. Six months is, goes really quick. I mean, look, we're already in October. I remember New Year's Eve like it was yesterday, right? I mean, I, I remember what I was doing in January and February, but here we are, it's nine, nine plus months later. So six months is going to fly right by. What are your thoughts on all that, John? Do I have you ready to go buy a house? I was going to drop the mic. I don't really say much because you, it was so much content. I just didn't want to interrupt you. All right. Well, hopefully, there's a loan officer or two that's going to use this content to get the message out to their community. 
there's realtors who are going to use this content to get it out to their community. And there's home buyers tuned in that are like, damn, I didn't know all that. That's the purpose of, of today's show is, yes, you should know this. You should act upon it if you're in that situation where you are ready to buy. Well said, Dustin James Owen. All right. I am not Dustin James. There's an R there. <laughs> I didn't know there is an R. Yeah, it's Ryan. Is it? Yeah, it's Ryan. Did you not know that? D- Are you John James? Can we no. call you JJ? D-R-O. D-R-O, yeah. Dr. Dro? D-R-O. Your initials are Dro? I guess so, yeah. Oh, shit. I was today years old when I found that out. Yeah. It's all over my NMLS. If you looked me up in the NMLS really? Consumer Access, yeah, like my legal name, Dustin Ryan Owen. A.K.A. Dro, A.K.A. the host of the Loan Officer Podcast. That's all the time we have for today. A.K.A. But we'll... if you're my buddy Chris England. Who nicknamed me the motherfucking Dio? Now I have to. I'm, I'm not. I did that just I'm for you. I'm not editing it that out. I just did I'm that not, for it's you. It's at the end of the episode. Yeah, D M F D O. Or it later got sh- shortened to the Dio, and then it got the the got dropped. Dro's and way it's better. just Dio. That's how you get Dio. By the way, if everyone ever wanted to know, you could thank Chris England. It started with the M F and Dio. Then that got shortened to the Dio. Then the the got dropped, and it's just Dio. And here we are today. And here we are today. JC and Dio doing the show. T Lop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyhow, y'all, check this out. If you're a mortgage loan originator and you are not a member of T Lopline.com, what the hell is stopping you? Are you not taking yourself serious? Are you not willing to invest in your future success? Or you know what? Maybe you found someone else like our friends over at Growth Only Coaching, at which point I say high five and congratulations. But if you don't have a coach in your corner, if you don't have uh, uh, a branch manager in a box that's teaching you, coaching you, offering you training videos, scripts, marketing ideas, loan officer resources, links, and articles to everything you need to be reading and linked to. You got to get off the couch, just like home buyers. You got to get off the couch. You got to act now because there is a short window that we are playing in. TLOPonline.com is where it's at. JC is where it's at. Yes. If you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn. First name, Dustin. Last name, Owen. I do not use the middle name when I'm on LinkedIn. We are on every social media. Give us a five-star review. Like us. Follow us. Share us with not one, not two, but three people within your circle. That's your way of saying thank you for us producing this show without crazy commercials interrupting. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. That's all the time we have for you today. But we look forward to catching you on the next episode. Peace.